0: Welcome back to CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting Dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash that like button like your brain Davis. you have consent, you know what he would do. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here and while you're doing it. Let me remind you what we've been doing uh, this whole summer. It's called the Summer Shootaround. Never mind it's not even summer anymore. It doesn't matter. It's a series during which we focused on 20 notable teams over a span of 10 weeks two per week 20 teams in 10 weeks Mm -hmm. we did the schools in alphabetical order I'll be honest I thought we were done after Villanova but then we decided to auction off a 21st episode of the summer shoot around with the proceeds from the episode benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis Tennessee how do you not do anything for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital for crying out loud that place is amazing and so the winner of the auction it was Bellarmine University from the Atlantic Sun. Scott Davenport's Knights. They went twenty and thirteen last season. They had an eleven and five mark in the league. Just their second season at the Division One level. They won the ASUN tournament, but they we weren't allowed to play in the NCAA tournament because they're still transitioning to, to Division One. So let's stop. Let's stop here for a minute. Like, okay. are you in favor of this transitioning period for schools moving to Division One that prohibits? Uh, them from playing in the NCAA tournament or even the NIT for a period of time, even if they qualify, because I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm in I'm in favor
1: of it actually. Um why
0: would you be in favor I'm, of it? Uh, you
1: know what? I'm I'm feeling a little nihilistic here on a Monday morning in October. We are opening a show with Bellerman. This backfired but listen, we're all too happy. I don't know that my phrase might be a little over- overboard. We are uh, we are indebted and must oblige the winner of our contest. So Bellerman Shouts to you and uh, and all the people, all the Bellarmine fans listening to this, uh, this podcast.
0: There are dozens of us. Dozens!
1: Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Tobias Fiumke. Where were you, Illinois? Where were you, Dayton fans? Where were you, San Diego State? Where were you, Michigan State fans? We're happy to talk Bellerman. This was a curveball, okay? I didn't quite see this coming, but for St. Jude, anything we... And by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, we hey, are you, we're rocking. Hey. We are rocking the Bellerman stuff. We are good to our word. We put it up for our, and you know what? We do a summer shoot around in 23. Maybe we auction off the 21st episode again, get a little more pub for it and see which ticked off fan base wants to donate the most to, uh, to help out charity and help out St. Jude's as for this rule. And if you think we aren't loaded with Bellerman info and until you are greatly mistaken, we are getting to the mailbag, but we must deal with these nights first. Um, it's used in large part as a as a deterrent to everyone trying to get into Division One to qualify for the NCAA Hold tournament. Who's
0: not in Division One at this point?
1: Literally, <laughs> uh, I mean, like seven hundred schools.
0: There's no if, if, if it's if the if the root of it is to be a deterrent. That's once one. you realize it doesn't deter anything, maybe don't have it. You like uh, know, it doesn't. If it wasn't there, would D1 be 700 schools right now? We're oh, at 363. Who, what is the difference between 363 and 700? Practically speaking, like it's, who cares? It's
1: almost double. Like who cares? I mean, mathematically
0: speaking, that's almost double the amount. At, at this point, who cares? If, if you go from 363 to 700, who cares? Who cares? I do. It's way too many schools. Three sixty three is way too many. We 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 crossed way too many decades ago.
1: It is. It is. Yeah, I, so.
0: I, I feel like you're a Division one team. You you qualify for the NC. You do what you what you in theory have to do to qualify for the NCAA tournament. You should be in the NCAA tournament. Period.
1: Well, they're going to have to wait at least two more years because this ridiculous. is their third season Outrageous of Division the one. They actually this this issue went to vote to the board of directors over the summer to reduce it. I think down to two years which still Bellerman would not have qualified because last season was its second season. It did win the A-Sun tournament, Uh, but that failed. So still, you have a four-year period of transition. You are eligible now in your fifth year as a D1 member institution. By the way, Mm. how about this for Kismet? Were you aware of this? I'm
0: aware of of everything.
1: Okay, you were aware of this. What's the significance of today? Today's
0: October 3rd.
1: Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean in the Bellerman universe?
0: Oh, this the, today is the mm. today's October third, and so in the Bellerman universe, yeah, I feel like maybe it's Pedro Bradshaw's birthday. It's not, but I know you're very desperate
1: to talk about Pedro Bradshaw. In fact, Bellerman, relatively young young university here, founded in 1950. On this day, this on is this the day. 72nd anniversary of Bellarmine University's founding this very day as we record this podcast, Monday, October 3rd. We did not plan this, by the way. Completely coincidental. Um, But here we are talking about Bellarmine U, which was a D2 powerhouse, by the way. Won the 2011 national title. For about 10 years, it was just steamrolling in the tournament. Only won one national title, but it was making multiple Final Fours, getting uh, deep into it. And then...
0: Four Final Fours in a seven-year span from 2011 to 2017.
1: Scotty Davenport running the show down there. By the way... really is. The A-Sun, you talk about them being in the A-Sun. That's outrageous. I'm going to use a GP term. It's outrageous. It is. A-Sun bro. has 14 teams. This is a one-bid league. This was an eight-team league as recently as four years ago. For the better part of the 2010s, the A-Sun, it knew its place. It was an eight-school conference. There are 14 schools in this league. New to the league, Austin P, Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, and Queens, another school. Not that Queens. Queens of not his home city of Charlotte, they just joined in. So there are 14 teams in the A-Sun. The Bellarm A-Sun walking
0: around acting like they're the Big Ten in the SEC. What's going on? They're just trying to eat everybody up. Wait till they get a an automatic qualifier in the college football playoff.
1: Yeah, right? 14 teams.
0: Oh, boy. All right, load, load us up on
1: uh on your Bellerman intel and knowledge here before we get to the mailbag. Can we get out of the Bellerman segment in 15 minutes? That's my question.
0: Oh, probably not. Definitely not. I'm run. doing it, I'm doing at least seven minutes on their home arena. Do you know where Bellarmine plays their home games? I, it's uh, home games. How about this? Yes, I do. Here's the fun fact about it.
1: They hmm. play their home games where Louisville used to play Freedom Hall. That's a beloved venue for sure for Cards fans. Uh, but here's what's intriguing about it. If Duke is the biggest program to play in the smallest arena, Bellarmine GP, as you know, is the inverse. It's a school with sub-4,000 total enrollment <laughs> playing in an arena that could fit the student body five times over. <laughs> Freedom, Freedom Hall, this is per Ken Palm, is the 12th largest venue in college basketball and is Bellarmine's home arena.
0: I love this. I, 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 I was raised on Freedom Hall. What are you talking about? There we go. I was raised on Freedom Hall. Know all about Freedom Hall. Had no idea Bellarmine played inside Freedom Hall. Had no idea basketball was even still being played inside Freedom Hall until I... Until I took a deep dive. yeah. The Knights, I got I got some rough news for you. It lost their top three scores from last season's team, including <laughs> Dylan Penn, CJ Fleming. I mean, those two guys average 16.6 points per game, 15.5 points per game. Bringing back nobody who averaged more than 7.6 points per game last season. Mm. That's tough. BartTorvik.com.
1: Oh, boy. You want a trivia time? I have no idea. I didn't look. Where they're projected in the overall? Trivia time. Can I, can I get it within 30? Let's see if I can get it within 30. I did not look. Um, okay,
0: okay, okay. So, we'll, I'm going to give you two trivia times. Okay. Where is Bellerman projected at BartTorvik.com and then specifically in the Atlantic Sun?
1: By the way, I have. if you think we aren't doing Bellerman over-under, you're sadly mistaken. And I've got some over-under stuff we got to tend to as well before we get to the mailbag. All right, um... 14-team a son. I'll blindly say Bellarmine's 8th in Torvik.
0: That's not low enough. Wow. 10. That's not low enough.
1: Get out of here. This is Dick's disrespectful. Disrespect?
0: This is disrespectful. Scotty
1: Davenport is on the precipice of crossing 400 career wins. He's going to do it. He's probably going to do it in November. And this is... This is Disrespectful.
0: It's disrespectful to the history of the program. Uh, Twelve to Scotty
1: Davenport. Twelve out of fourteen. Eleventh.
0: out of fourteen.
1: Disgrace. And so, knowing that, I, ay, ay. I'll say, I'll say, eleventh out of fourteen. in The A Sun and Torvik gets you to two ninety three in the overall rankings.
0: That's really uh, pretty close. Two sixty eight. That's uh,
1: higher than I thought. There, Ugh, boy. It's
0: rough. But we're previewing them. <laughs> they need to. They. Okay, counter-argument to this disrespect. Guess where the Knights were picked in the A-Sun in their first season at the Division I level?
1: Uh, th- last.
0: They last. They went 10-3 and in the league, finished second behind only Liberty. So the Knights have proved their haters wrong before, and I suspect they'll do it again. They have they hit- haters. The history, of course they do. Uh, 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 tops among them, Barttorvik.com. Fair enough. Put them at the top of the list. Yes. Yes. So they proved their haters wrong before, and I suspect they'll do it again. That's what the history of Scott Davenport tells us. Now, is there a Pedro Braccio on this team? No. Can you inform the
1: people about Pedro Bracho?
0: He was the leading scorer and face of the program. As it transitioned to Division I basketball. Obviously. Yeah, that, that team that just overachieved, picked finish last, and instead finish second, Pedro Bradshaw was the heart of that. Now, is there an obvious Pedro Bradshaw on this roster? If I'm being honest with you, I don't think so. But if somebody can emerge as a modern day Pedro Bradshaw, then maybe we maybe we got something. They open at Louisville. I
1: noticed. I love that. Louisville's going to play in its home arena as a
0: road game. Wait,
1: no. Louisville's going to be in its
0: home arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? I can't imagine Kitty Payne's going to Freedom Hall for his first game. No, you want to. Hey, listen. Former player there.
1: Cut his teeth as a player at Freedom Hall. Maybe he wanted to just, you know what? For old time's sake. He should go to Freedom Hall. They should, actually. Yeah. The the team that calls Freedom Hall. It would be a home game for Louisville if they played at Freedom Hall.
0: The, the... The team that calls Freedom Hall home will open its season at Louisville. Think about that. If you somebody tried to tell you that in the mid 80s, that's a little rough,
1: but you know what? I do like the fact that's happening and they also have Kentucky on the schedule there. UCLA,
0: uh, Clemson, Duke. Scott yeah. Davenport's not shying away from scheduling.
1: They, they listen. They've, they've got some, they've got some big ones on the, uh, on the schedule there, but yes, they uh, losing Fleming and Penn um, Dylan Penn went to Vermont, by the way. They combined, you know, 32 points, seven boards, seven assists a season ago. Those are huge holes to fill. I feel like the team's probably going to take a step back this season. I have to note, I adore you for approaching this Bellerman segment in many ways with a similar template to the other 20 teams that we did. <laughs> Just, I think it's wonderful. Trivia time? Let's go.
0: What radio host once coached Bellerman from 1995 to 1998? That's got to be Bob Valvano. How about that? There we go.
1: I might have looked at the all-time coaching records before we did this. I might have sc- don't give me credit for that one because I I did I learned it in the previous 24 hours. Um, they've got this guy, Kurt Hopf. Seems like a future all-league player, right? If he stays with the program long enough, doesn't transfer out. Uh, one of the best freshmen in the league last season. And then they've got Alec Freem, who's going to come back after injuring his hip. He missed the final 10 to 12 games. Justin Betzel will also be back. A new face to know. GP already knows it. Peter Suter, freshman wing, might be uh, might be a starter there. And then they've got this other fresh uh, or he's a he was a fresh uh, freshman who projects. Ben Johnson last year was in high school and was like one of the best scores in all of Kentucky high school basketball. So maybe he'll be in the starting lineup as well. Um, But I don't know GP. I we're going to get to the over one hundred here in a second. But when I see that schedule. When I see there might not be a Pedro on this roster, it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get too enthusiastic about the Knights.
0: It's tough. It's tough. Now be skeptical of Scott Davenport's Knights at your own risk. Mm. They've been proving haters wrong for more than a decade now. But you lose Dylan Penn. Who can lose Dylan Penn and CJ Fleming in the same year and just like keep it rocking and rolling where they were? It's the it's question
1: tough. that's been looming over the sport for the past five months.
0: This is what people have been talking about. That's right. It's something we probably should have included in our candidate coaches series.
1: That's when our bad. That's on us. That is on us. I will I will accept responsibility for that's that. That's on us. I, I'm not even I'm not saying it's on it's not even on you. It's not on us. It's on me. That's on me. That's on me and only me. Over under. You got more. If you got more on the roster, fire away before I get to this over under.
0: I just like saying Pedro Bratchel over and over again. PDB? All right. Here's the deal. Um,
1: In some walks of my life, I'm a completist. Are you a completist in any way? Do you have completist
0: tendencies? What does that mean? Define that, please.
1: A completist is someone who engages in something, a hobby, and needs to uh, finish it off. If you're a completist uh, and you like watching television shows, you would have a very hard time not finishing a show even if you didn't like it or if you're a completist and you love a certain artist you have to own every single physical piece of like official studio material they've ever released or stuff like that so if you're a completist you just like to uh you know make sure there's there's no missing pieces in something that you have an affinity for
0: i think i'm not a completist i think i'm an incompletist okay because i give up on tv shows all the time like uh handmaid's tale watch like two seasons and she ran back in. She like got out and then ran back in. I was like, you know what? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm done with I, this. I never,
1: haven't seen an episode. So, okay. That's good to know. Are you a completist with your Mets? Do you need to watch every Mets game? Oh, do you God. need to follow I'm or kidding. watch? I, listen, I, we're not we're not careening off the, the rails here. But do you either need to watch or follow, so on the phone, every single Mets game? Are you a Mets completist?
0: As long as they're still in contention, yes. Absolutely.
1: I would say if you're a completist, it doesn't matter if they're in contention or not. If they're a bad well, team, you have to watch.
0: No, I I mean, I'll have it on, but I don't because it'll be, you know, DeGrom's pitching or they brought a prospect up. Like I remember a few years ago, they bring up uh, Ahmed Rosario when they, I think, weren't in contention. But it was like, hey, they brought up this shortstop prospect, so I'll watch because of him. But uh, as long as they're in contention, I watch. If they're out of contention, I can, you know, I can do other things. All
1: right. The reason why I bring up uh, being a completist is that we started this summer shoot around and... Beginning at the Duke episode, we did over-unders. So there are some schools that we didn't do that it's bugging me that we didn't do. So we're going to do over-unders for Bellarmine. And then oh, the no. six... I got everything. We're going to roll through it real quick. I got it all, okay? First of all, Bellarmine. Bellarmine. What's going to be their regular season win total going into the ASUN tournament? How many wins is this team going to have?
0: 40.
1: I got my number. Do you want me to go first?
0: Yes, because I'm... I got to do some research on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Bellerman's going to take a step back. It's going to be a sub 500 season for Scotty Davenport. And they're going to go 15 and 16. Give me 15 wins for the Bellerman Knights in 22, 23.
0: I would never predict Bellerman to go under 500. That's outrageous behavior.
1: I'm feeling outrageous on a Monday.
0: Yeah. So I'll do, uh, I'll do seven. I'll do 18. Oh yeah. 18 and 13. Is that where I'm at? 18 and 13 would be where you're at. Heading yep. into the ace and turn. Okay. Before- and, and then they win it again. Oh, gosh. And then they're left out again for reasons that make no sense to anybody other than you and the people who continue to put these stupid rules in place. All
1: right. Real quick here. Six schools over unders. I already got my numbers here. Alabama. They're going to go. At, hey, props to Alabama. You know what? Hold on a sec. You know, what? it's been too long here. Let's get a little... Oh, yeah. Let's get a little bumper music for the over-unders, baby. Oh, no. Let's go. Alabama. They're going to they're gonna play at South Alabama. Props to Nate Oates going at South Alabama. I oh, dig the it. By way,
0: you, you guys see what happens when I don't play in the podcast, right? Oh, <laughs> here here we are. We got bumper music, and we're doing over-unders for out. teams that got EK nothing to do with what we're talking about.
1: Michigan State, then Oregon or UConn, then either North Carolina or Nova. Then they're at Houston. They're going to play Memphis versus Gonzaga and Birmingham and at Oklahoma. Alabama over under I'm going 20 wins for the tide 20 and 11 for the tide in the SEC PK 85 roadies at Houston at Oklahoma going to play Memphis Gonzaga and Birmingham over under GP here we go let's go Mm,
0: 21 and 10
1: all right Arizona five games of note they're going to be in Maui and play Cincinnati. Then they got Ohio State or San Diego State. The other side of the bracket is Creighton, Texas Tech, and Arkansas. They're going to play Indiana and Vegas. Tennessee is the return to Tucson. They're going to play Ark. Uh, then, then that's it. That's it. Arkansas is next. Um, it's not that many games. No, only five for Arizona. Maybe an indication that Tommy Lloyd isn't so ambitious about his team in season two. There isn't, listen, Maui's a beast, but there's no roadie here. I'm going to go 22 and nine.
0: Arizona I'll go slightly higher 24 and 7 do they
1: win Maui yes or no
0: who else is in Maui
1: Ohio State San Diego State Creighton Texas Tech Arkansas Cincinnati no loaded field
0: no okay I would take the field over any one team in that have
1: to I take the field probably over any two teams it's a loaded field all right couple more. Arkansas. They're in Maui. They open with Louisville. Texas Tech are creating on the other side of the bracket. Then all they have is Oklahoma and Tulsa on December 10th. Look, GP. Arkansas. They've got Maui, Oklahoma, and Tulsa, and then at Baylor. Five games of no. And really, it's only four because Louisville and Maui, I wouldn't say even qualifies this season, year one under Kenny Payne. Kind of surprising for a Hogs team in the SEC can compete to win the SEC championship Arkansas regular season total wins with that in mind. What are you saying? 25 and six. Ooh, How about this? I think this is my third most aggressive one. I'm going to say Arkansas goes 27 and five this season. I'm a believer in the roster and there's not enough on the non-com where I think they're going to pile it up there. Okay. Three more Auburn. How about this? They've got a decent array of mid majors. They're going to play St. Louis Memphis in Atlanta. They're at USC at Washington, at West Virginia. I'm going 21-10 and 10 for Bruce Pearl's Tigers. I think they lost a ton. This is a challenging non-conference schedule and a really good SEC. I actually think Auburn takes a relatively big step back. 23-8. and eight. Baylor. corresponded with Scott Drew this very morning. They start the season. Baylor's going to play the first game of the season. Did you know that? The very first game. They tip off at 11 local against Mississippi Valley State. I said, why do you do that? How about this? He said, because we bring all of the local elementary schools to come there. They get to watch the game. They get the college experience from an early age. We want to set them on the right path to say, like, college is something you should aspire to want to go to. Right. So they bring in, you know, dozens and dozens of elementary school uh, students to be able to come watch the game early. Then they can get back to school in time to catch the bus home. I think that's pretty awesome. Not a game of note, but Baylor will be the first game of this season. Here are the ones to note: Virginia and Vegas. Then they'll get either UCLA or Illinois two days later in Vegas in November. They're going to be at Marquette. This is GP. This is insane. Virginia, then UCLA or Illinois. Two teams that top 25, top 30 level. At Marquette versus Gonzaga in South Dakota versus Washington State in Dallas and then versus Arkansas on January 29th. About as interesting of a non-conference as any team we talked about in our summer shoot-around.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's a lot. That is. I'm going to go...
1: I struggled with this number.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 22 and nah, I'm going to go 23 and 8 but good enough to at least share the Big 12 title.
1: I'm going to go 24 and 7 and I almost went 23. The only reason why I'm going
0: 24. No, nah, okay, let me let me go. Let me go. Let me oh, uh- I want to go,
1: what did you just go? 24. I almost went 23. The only reason why I'm going 24 is I think Keontae George might be the freshman of the year.
0: Okay. I would like to revise. Okay. Revise. I would like to go 24 and seven.
1: All right. So we're on the same. I almost went 23 and I was like, uh, I don't, I
0: just don't want, I don't want anybody in the Drew family thinking that you love them more than I love them.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Last one. Creighton. Last one we didn't do. And I appreciate you going through this exercise so I can be complete about this. They have seven games of note. That's as much as any team we talked about. Te- they're, all, they're also in Maui. It feels like there's 25 teams in Maui. Literally every team we talked about in the summer shoot-around uh, is in Maui, except for San Diego State. Sorry, Aztec fans. Uh, they'll play Texas Tech. Then they'll get Louisville, Arkansas, then the other side of the bracket with all the other teams we talked about before. They're going to go at Texas December 1st. December 4th, they're playing Nebraska. That's a home game for Creighton. They'll play BYU in Vegas on December tenth. Two days later, they'll play Arizona State in Vegas. And then they're going to play a Christmas game against DePaul. That's a league game. It's it's only of note because I was told that the Big East wa- and Fox wanted to have a Big East game on Christmas. And the only two teams that were willing to do it were Creighton against DePaul, December twenty-fifth. Santa says hello. You've got Creighton win the Big East. Got him highly ranked. Go back and listen to that Blue Jay summer shooter on if you have not already. Very intriguing team.
0: What's your over under on the Blue Jays regular season win total here? 25 and six. By the way, I would not play on Christmas either if I were college basketball. I agree. Like what? Like you're going up against the NFL and the NBA. So you're not getting this national pop that you think you're getting. People are watching the NBA and the NFL or like, you know, being with their families, like taking people away from their family. I don't care. I'm not outraged by it. It doesn't matter to me at all. I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm just saying, but taking players away from their families and coaches and staffs away from their families um, just to get this game that, you know, relatively – you know, relatively speaking, will just be completely overshadowed by Christmas itself. Plus the NFL, plus NBA. I just I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's worth it. That I would my guess,
1: I don't know I don't have the schedule in front of me. My guess is Fox has a Christmas Day game, and this is going to lead into it. And so the number itself will validate having it scheduled on that day because it's at Christmas and it's NFL or whatever. But I'm with you 100 on that. What was your number? 25, 25 and six. I will go. Man. I'm going to go 23 and eight for Creighton. I'm going to go 23 and eight. Echo back what I said on that on that show. I do think they'll be a good team. I'm not sold on them winning the Big East. Those are all of our over unders. I will post them eventually so you can look at them and uh, and see where we're at there. And that is the Bellerman portion. I cannot wait to get this mailbag. GP, take it away. You you sure are
0: a completist. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll dive into the mailbag next, but first a word from our partners. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, Deadleg, like We took questions um, from Twitter, from email. What's the email address people can use again to send questions in whenever we do this next time? Shouts
1: to CBS at gmail.com. Uh, Big time response. So, thank you to everyone that sent. Uh, we There are way too many for us to ever get to. We actually got some good ones we're not going to address on the show here today, maybe for the future, but uh, my suspicion wound up being right. We got a lot of response from people who just don't use social media, but they are available to hit us up over email. So, thank you. That's shouts to CBS, simple enough to remember, at gmail.com for whenever we do this again.
0: All right. You want me to go
1: first? You go. Yeah, you go first.
0: Okay. Hello, GP and Norlander. That's the way it began. My name's Caitlin Calligan. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I've been a diehard college hoops fan for about seven years. My love of the sport initially was focused on just the badgers, but then I came interested in the Big Ten. And now I follow the entire sport year-round. My favorite thing about college hoops is the difference in style of play amongst teams. Recently, I've been reflecting on how a team's trademark style of play can be attributed to their coach and often their coach's past coaching experience, whether this experience comes from family or from being an assistant coach. For example, as a Wisconsin fan, I know a thing or two about low-possession games. Greg Gard implements a version of the swing offense, which Bo Ryan implemented before him and Dick Bennett before Bo. And then, interestingly enough, Dick Bennett's son, the respectable Tony Bennett, has the Wahoos running a very similar style. Thinking about this chain reaction in coaching styles, coaches' son styles, and assistant coaches' styles, is what led me to my question, which is this. What head coaches in college basketball history do you think had the most significant chain reaction impact on style of play
1: this is first of all shouts to all of our female listeners we got a number of uh, suggestions and emails uh, so um appreciate that we want you well represented uh here on the show in the reviews be, be sure to review follow us all that good stuff here this is a really good question um and it's it's not so much as a tough one as as gp there's a lot of a lot of candidates and nominees the I'll first give-
0: one that popped into my head Yes. Was Nolan Richardson, Mike Anderson, 40 minutes of pale. Ooh. That was the first one. Like Nolan, Nolan implemented that style, and Mike was his longtime assistant. They won a national title together. And then Mike was very successful um, with that style at UAB, at Missouri, um, at Arkansas, and now you know Golden Gate Mike at St. John's. Golden
1: Gate Mike, of course. The first one that popped into my head was Bob Knight. Because he had the motion offense, which was replicated at every level of the sport. And though not nearly as popular now as it was in the 70s, 80s, and into 90s, I think you could make the case that the motion offense was the single most transformative basketball philosophy that was adopted at every level ever introduced in the sport. So I would say Bob Knight. And from there, you've got Coach K didn't run the motion forever, but obviously Coach K is a disciple. Chris Beard. Uh, would fall under Bob Knight's tree, Steve Alford, Murray Bartow, Mike Woodson is now coaching there. Um, So the tree isn't expansive with a bunch of like huge big name coaches, but the philosophy itself was one of my interpretations. Another name that I actually thought about um, was Dean Smith. Now it's not to, to Caitlin's question. It's not so much um, Dean Smith disciples. So much as Dean Smith was embracing Tempo free stats and really analytics before that term was even recognized in basketball for decades. So when you Dean Smith is obviously known for a lot of what he did uh, in terms of racial integration and and a lot of social impact, rightfully so, all the winning clearly and getting Carolina to such a, a lofty level. But those in basketball will tell you that Dean Smith was thinking about things from a strategy standpoint. That, frankly, most college basketball coaches weren't even touching or thinking about for years and years and years after he did. Uh, Two more for me. Uh, Pete Carrillo with the Princeton offense. Uh, That was used at the NBA level as it was at college and below. And uh, JT3 at Georgetown was probably the most successful um, protege, if you will. Uh, Chris Mooney still runs it. Um, Joe Scott ran it at Air Force. Still, people still use it. And then Jim Beheim with the zone defense. Just in terms of everyone that has been under Jim Beheim's uh, watch and then gone on to get another job, they have run the zone defense. You know, it's it's it, it. He has a patent on that as much as Bob Knight had the patent on the motion offense. As far as I'm concerned, uh, two three zone defense is not uh, prominent in college basketball these days. There are some teams that run it exclusively, but the number is low. And more than anything, it's it's uh it's almost a trick to pull out of the bag with some coaches. But, um, you know, when we talk about coaching styles that had influence or certainly became affiliated with coaches, the four that came to mind for me were Knight, Smith, which he's kind of outside the realm of the question, but I thought he was worth uh, including. Carill and in the Beheim. What about you?
0: Um, yeah, like Nolan and and Richardson was a good one, I think, with with what Mike Anderson took from him or or borrowed from him or however you want to phrase that and you know used it successfully you know to to carve out a a, a pretty long and respectable head coaching career um i, I don't know that his d- disciples so to speak like uh, replicated the style of play but rick Patino was you yeah. know w- one of the first college coaches to really embrace the three point shot and understand just the great math call. on it great call that's yeah. a great call yes yes and so i don't know that all of everybody who who coached for rick um you know, copied his style um, but certainly he he had an impact on the sport that a lot of people have tried to replicate whether they ever worked for Rick Patino or, or not so he, he's a great one.
1: All right my question here I'm, I'm interested on your thoughts on this one so uh, this comes from uh, Matt from Philly here Love the pod and the summer around series has been awesome question you often reference when talking about a new coach at a school or just in general that the coaching job is quote a top X gig in America, end quote. What would you say are the top 10 to 15 coaching gigs in the country? Thanks, gents. Best, Matt. The official Justin Moore return from injury tracker. Hey, Matt, come find us when you have more progress on the Justin Moore stuff. I have them in order, GP. I thought about this last night, and I have them.
0: Ready for it? Okay, I've got 15, too. I typed here. Let's see how many we match on.
1: Yeah, let's see how many we match on. Now, I am taking into account, obviously, the history of the school. The conference it's located in, the actual location of the school in place, you know, cost of living, everyday living where you live in the country, the resources at the school, the commitment for the school, where does basketball fall? Are you the top priority? Are you the second priority? Are you the third priority? Budget potential, all of it. I'm trying to take all of it into account here. This is my own, this is my personal list. For me, these are one through 15. One, Carolina. Two, Kansas. Three, Kentucky for Duke. Then I draw a line. Summer shoot around listeners will remember, and Matt will as well, because he listened to the Villanova episode, that I made the case. Villanova has a sneaky case to be the fifth best job in the country. I actually put Villanova at six. If you want to hear my reasons why, go back and listen to the Villanova episode. I have Arizona five, Villanova six, UCLA seven, Indiana eight, Louisville nine draw another line. So that's my second tier. One, two, so, three, four. So far,
0: I have every one of those.
1: But not in the same order, right? Maybe a little bit of a jumble?
0: Maybe, but like, okay. I mean, I, I didn't list them in any order. I just okay. banged out 15, but okay. I have all nine of those.
1: And here's 10 through 15. And he, Texas at 10.
0: Michigan State. Michigan State at 11. I've got that.
1: I've got Gonzaga at 12. I've got that. I've got Michigan at 13.
0: I've got Michigan.
1: Wow, we are 13 for 13. Next two, I want, I feel like we're going to split on one of these, but I don't know. I've got UConn at 14. I do not have UConn. You don't have UConn. Maybe I live in, I'm I'm no UConn alum, no UConn fan, so to speak, but I do live in the state. So maybe there's some influence there, but I'll make the case in a second. And then 15, and this would not have been my answer. I don't even think, I don't even know if it would have been my answer as recently as a year ago, but given what the school has been able to do, the outrageous fan support, one of the best home arenas in the country, The history, you just mentioned a former coach there. I've got Arkansas 15.
0: I've got Arkansas as well.
1: So who do you... Uh, Let me try and guess. Let me see if I can guess in three guesses. Who do you have that I don't have? Um, Damn, GP. We got 14 out of 15 of the same. Who do you have? Let me just bring up Ken Palm here. Let me look at last year's standings. Who do you have that I would not have? Um, Because I'm thinking about the schools that I considered. Like... It's not top 15 but Marquette's a sneaky good job. You know what? My first guess of this in the, t- my first guess is Ohio State. That's right. Okay, the only reason why I did not put Ohio State in the in the group is that the arena is too big, the fan support is just okay and I was debating between UConn, Arkansas, Ohio State, Florida, Marquette and to me while there are pros to this, Ohio State and Florida are not basketball first arkansas while it's doing fine in football right it is a basketball university and they fervently support that university uconn as well women's team is amazing as well there's no pro team in connecticut so uh living here like you can tell just how important it is. it now it's back in the big east it's got four national championships there so i went with uconn but i i understand your case for ohio State.
0: some other ones i had as possibilities maryland Oregon,
1: Maryland's up there. Maryland, I think, is top twenty. I considered it, but I didn't put it. I wasn't like, I wasn't close on it. At Oregon, yeah, I can, I can see it. I mean, it's, it's Oregon, so probably for similar reasons why it'd be high in football. Yeah,
0: all the, mo- all the money in the world, um, yeah. Nike connection. You know, I, I think you could make a case that that's a, that's a great job, even if um, it might not be perceived uh, that way. But our lists are, are are roughly the same. And like I, I think anybody I have in the top fifteen that you don't, you would also have in the top twenty. Uh, so we're not we're not too far off there. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, I'm not sure who this question comes from. I apologize. Maybe I cut the name off. That's on me. Haven't missed an episode since October of 2018. Oh, man, I've missed episodes since October 2018.
1: <laughs> yeah, so have I. By the <laughs> way, this is from Cole from Kansas. It's uh, yeah.
0: Okay. I still listen to the old school way. Fun hypothetical question. If both of you were five star prospects, which schools would you commit to and why? You go first. I go to UCLA. Ooh. Great okay. school. Uh amazing city, incredible weather, greatest coach in UCLA history. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I for I I uh if I, could, if I could go back and do it over again, I would pick my college based on weather. So like my other one here is like Miami. I'm going to Miami. I can try to get some of that John Ruiz money. Okay. Coach L? Yeah, me, Coach L. Get it's some all John about Ruiz. the weather
1: and the money for you.
0: Yes, I just want money and great weather. Okay. That's, that's all I want. Still <laughs> to this day, that's all I want is money and great weather.
1: I think you're doing okay for yourself there. Okay, so UCLA is your pick. I thought way too long about this one. This one was... Uh, This one was tough for me. Um, I considered coach. Who would I be playing for? Location, tradition, chance to make the NBA.
0: I want to be taller. I would want to be taller than my coach. That's another reason I would pick you, Sila.
1: Oh, boy. Is that true? Are you taller than Mick Cronin? I don't know. It's close. It's a scandal. (laughs) We need to find this out. We need to find this out. I don't I'm not convinced. I'll go back. I'll
0: go back to back with Mick. Me and Mick. Next time we're in the same building, we're going head to we're going back to back.
1: All right. UCLA. I did consider UCLA. I think so. I, I basically took this question to mean if I was a rising senior, if I was a senior in high school right now and I'd be playing next year at this school, I think I weather doesn't. Yeah, it's nice. It just doesn't mean that much to me. I grew up in Vermont. I, I actually like the winters. I like the snow and all that good stuff. Um, So I think I'd go Gonzaga. I'm if I'm a five again. I'm a five according to Cole in Kansas. I'm a five-star prospect. I'm guaranteed to start, get huge minutes. I'll play in four to six at least high-profile games in November and December. I'm guaranteed to pat stat in the conference. Now I'll disappear for a large portion of the schedule, but I'm I'm also virtually guaranteed to have a great seed in the NCAA tournament and have a great shot at making the second weekend. Gonzaga's made what six, seven Sweet Sixteens in a row they've sent guys to the pros they've had you know top five picks so it was and plus playing for few he just is not the kind of coach like he's gonna coach you hard don't get me wrong like they're gonna hold their guys accountable but the environment around that town around that program you're gonna get to have like a pretty well balanced all around college experience there so this was GP I I literally like sat there for like 10 minutes trying to pick what's Let's be clear. I'm now in my 40s. I'm not going to play. But I was like thinking about it. I was like, well, damn, because this coach. eh, this one. So Gonzaga would be my choice. But it was actually a really uh, it was a really hard call. That's a really good question. I really appreciated that one. Okay, next one. Mm. I really like this one. And we're going to give this listener. We're going to give him his, his school. He's got he's got a two parter here. He said, I'm Tune Tordor from hall holly brussels belgium shouts to the international listeners that's another thing with all these emails we got people we, we're spanning the globe gp i love to hear this um he actually said to, to answer the question popping in your mind no you will not pronounce my name even remotely correctly so i've apparently already butchered this dude's name apologies yeah, how, how, how
0: else would you say it other than the way you just said it tune to on
1: uh tone torture i don't know but feel free to email us, Tune, and apologies if I, again, if I'm just slandering your name. Uh, huge fan of your podcast. It always makes my week to listen to you guys. We always appreciate these notes. Thank you. Uh, he said, I've been following NCAA basketball for some years now, but I've never chosen a school to root for. It might be fun if you guys pick a school for me based on some parameters. Uh, I don't like Top Shots, which you know he's international. Who call, Who call, Who calls Top Shots? Love it. Uh, I like the underdogs. Uh, Became a fan of the Detroit Pistons because of the Billups-led championship team. But due to being a Pistons fan, it would be nice if the program could be in the Final Four in the next five years. I'm kind of tired of tanking and losing. I admire great team defense and a good head coach is a must. I was thinking Texas Tech or Baylor, but open to other suggestions. He said, also, will Tom Izzo retire or go to the Final Four first? Well, he's already made the Final Four, So, but I understand the question you're saying. I'm going to answer this real quick. (sighs) I'm gonna say Izzo retires. He's been to the Final Four eight times. GP most recently 2019 when they ended the career of uh, Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish there. But eight times that's that's absurd. Agree or disagree that Izzo will retire before Michigan State makes it back to another Final Four?
0: I disagree. I think he'll make it back. Do you realize this? This is nine wild times. Okay. Do you realize he's never gone more than four seasons in a row without making the Final Four?
1: Is that still the stat? Because the whole thing for a long time was if you played at – it was, I think it was literally factual because they made the Final Four in 99. If you committed to play for Tom Izzo at Michigan State and you stayed all four years, you were guaranteed to play in a Final Four. That's still a fact? Yeah,
0: I don't think that's true because they have gone four seasons without making a okay. Final Four, but they've never gone more than four seasons in a row without making a Final Four. So he's 67 years old now. I'm going to let him coach another five years. And that's, uh, and that you know, based on his career, you know, based on history, he should make it back at some point.
1: It wouldn't stun me if Izzo became like the next Jay Wright is my only thing. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking a year from now and he retired after, I'm not saying that he will, but it just won't stun me if that were to happen. So that's what leads me to say this. Like he's constantly vocal about, you know, the kids these days and social media and he hates Twitter and all this stuff. And you know, whatever it's, it's, it's classic. Izzo. that's the only reason why I say it, but he's been eight times. It's insane. Trivia time. Okay, well, let's go. There are four coaches who have made four, who have made more final fours than Tom Izzo.
0: Name them. Scott Davenport.
1: This is what we call vamping from GP.
0: Come on now. Uh, okay, so uh, John Wooden. Yep. Mike Krzyzewski.
1: Yep. What's the number for K? Remember, we talked about it a lot. If you don't remember,
0: I'll give it to you. This isn't part of the trivia time. Is twelve? Yeah,
1: he broke the tie with Wooden. K got to thirteen in his final year. Yeah, Wooden yeah, is thirteen. 12.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So it's Mike Krzyzewski, John Wooden. Um, is it Bob Knight?
1: Not Bob Knight. One of the two other coaches have been mentioned on this podcast this here today. Legendary coach. They're both legendary. Golden Gate Mike? <laughs> um, this coach play uh the oh, Dean Smith.
0: No, no 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 is it Dean Smith?
1: Dean Smith went to eleven. Okay. And if Dean Smith is 11, who would the fourth one
0: be? I should know this because I look at this kind of crap all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I There's a reason why this school is my number one job in the country. Roy Williams. That's right. Roy Williams has been to nine, Dean 11, Wooden 12, K13. Okay, let's assign Toon a team. He wants an underdog. I thought about this. I, I, I actually... Love these mailback questions here. Uh, they're good thought experiments. All right. He wants the Detroit Pistons of college hoops, but he also wants a team that can make the final four reasonably in the next five years. Loves team defense. Coach has to be good. Tech is actually, Texas Tech is a good candidate. Baylor's a front running pick. You can't pick Baylor. They don't qualify. Yeah, you they can't pick Texas.
0: Baylor as an underdog after Baylor just won a national title.
1: can't. Um, all right. So Texas Tech is a good candidate. I've got, I've got, got four. I've
0: got four schools for him. And Texas, Tech, and Texas Tech is one of them. Okay. i uh OK, you gotta, have, and so his criteria is basically it's got to be traditionally an underdog school yeah. with a great coach that also has a chance to go to a final four in the next five years. I got so. Four
1: so I have four schools as well. But the one that I'm not going to give you, but I will qualify as San Diego State, good team defense, good coach, not in a power league. So you're not like I don't know how often you're able to watch these games over in Belgium, but you'll get some tech games, some text games, I should say, Aztecs. But I don't know. So my other two. Neither program has a national title. One hasn't been to a final four since 05. The other one has never been to a final four. So my other two are Illinois and Xavier. I mean, Illinois last made the final four in 05. Then before that was 89. Before that, it was the 1950s. Xavier's never made the final four and neither has Sean Miller. Xavier is all in on basketball. Illinois, if it ever got it like, like he's been doing a good job, but if you got it really rolling, that's a top 50. It wasn't on my list of top 15 jobs. That's a top 15 job in the sport if you got it rolling those programs, in addition to Tech, here's my thinking, GP. Illinois, Xavier, Texas Tech, they're all led by undeniably really good coaches who, in my estimation, for at least the next five years, should be running the show. A lot can change. I get that. Like, Wisconsin just fired his football coach. I understand that. But I would be surprised if Sean Miller isn't at Xavier, Brad Underwin isn't at Illinois, or Mark Adams isn't at Texas Tech, When we looked up October 3rd, 2027 Adams is 66 and waited his whole life to be a D one coach. He feels like he'll try and take it into his seventies before retiring there. My pick is Xavier because it's a quasi quasi slight underdog status nationally, but super proud history in a great league could emerge as a perennial top 25 program under Miller. It's involved in a top five rivalry in the sport. You get the Cincinnati game every single year. And it's also a smaller private school, so you, so it's not like everyone's going to be rooting for this team. You got a little bit of a tribal aspect to it as well. Uh, and until Travis Steele, by the way, you're in the tournament almost every single year. So Xavier was my recommendation, but I want your thoughts and your thinking on this.
0: I had Texas Tech as an option. Had San Diego State as an option. Ooh, okay. Rutgers. Okay. <laughs> It looks like Rutgers would be being a Rutgers fan would be fun lately. Uh, I mean, in the past 20 minutes. The Rack is great. What do they call that place now? The Rack. No, they call it something else. They call it
1: Jersey Mike's Arena, which has Jersey been a Mike long long, So it's Jersey Mike's
0: Arena. Jersey Mike's Arena. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but here's my pick. Okay. And I know what you're going to say. Like, uh, how could they be an underdog? They've been great. But this is a tr- this is for the past 20 years been an underdog program.
1: But they haven't won. A, if they've won a title, they don't qualify.
0: Are you about to pick a school that won a title? Houston. Ooh, valid. Great valid. coach. Great defense. And tough. Blue collar program. Going to the Big 12. Going to the Big 12. Houston Cougars. That's my pick.
1: Houston's another one. All right, we're leaving. He asked us to pick, but we we diverged on that. We technically both had Texas Tech and San Diego State, so those ones we agreed on. But we have our, art. your choice is Houston. Mine was Xavier. Tune, go research, go look it up. Those are the two schools. Uh, if you're listening and you want to give an opinion, for sure, be, be sure to do that. But that was a cool little, if you weren't a fan of a college basketball team, I never thought about those terms. Uh, those are our picks. All right, next question. Go ahead.
0: Uh, started listening in summer 2017 and haven't missed a single episode since. I've missed multiple episodes since. <laughs> got got two questions. Uh, this is from Eli in, uh, in our nation's capital. I was reminiscing with some friends recently about uh, seasons from days past. We were trying to remember all of the number one overall seeds from the past 20 years or so. After being stumped for a while in 2014, we looked it up and saw that it was Florida none of us i repeat none of us have any memory of this florida team so we researched further and lo and behold they went 18 and 0 in the sec and only had two regular season losses are we the crazy ones has there ever been a more forgettable dominant team Mm. than the 2014 florida team you know what's funny is because and i'll get to a second question in a second okay i don't have any real recollection of this Oh, I <laughs> they went thirty yeah. They went third. I mean, I remember them going undefeated in the SEC, but like they went 36 and three, 18 and 0 in the SEC, won the SEC tournament. Amazing. So they went 21 and 0 against the SEC teams that year. Yeah. Made the final four. So it's not That's like right. bowed out early. They lost to UConn, and then UConn, of course, beat Kentucky to win the title. Yes. But like the top five scorers from that team were Casey Prather. Love it. Scotty Wilbican. Of course. Michael Frazier, Patrick Young and Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Like I like that is a pretty forgettable awesome college basketball team. It is
1: I went back so I looked at the past 20 seasons of NCAA tournaments. And if we're going to define dominant teams as one seeds, you know, I look it's the the 2013 Florida team is the most nondescript. That's 14, 2014. Yeah, I said 13-14, like they started okay. season 13. Um, It's the most nondescript three-loss team ever. 36-3. and three. Un- I, I agree with you. I saw them in person because they beat Dunk City, and then I saw them, they played in Jerry World, and they, that's where they played the regionals there, and then they made the Final Four. And then, yeah, like that 14 UConn teams, like one of the worst ever to win a national title, and that was like a little bit of a slog fest. So I I, I get you on that. Um, I have the most forgettable one-seeds of the past 20
0: seasons, if you want them. Okay. I went and looked and let's see th- this will be the this will be Ooh. the trick. See if I can remember anything about them.
1: I think there's a chance because there are things attached to some of these teams that you will. Yes. But but you gotta, you gotta figure if you're a one seed, like think about how good you have to be a one seed. So it's not an easy task. Floor Florida's the answer to this. Past 20 tournaments, so it starts in 03 up through this past year. Mm-hmm. 2003, Oklahoma, 27 and 7. What do you remember about 03 Oklahoma? No, Blake Griffin did not play for that
0: team. That's unfortunate.
1: Because that's the but only thing. there is thing. a
0: there is a there is a
1: a player who has been mentioned on this pod plenty of times. He's 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 almost Devin Downey level.
0: Two thousand three Oklahoma. Yep. Um, I guess that's Kelvin. That is Kelvin. Uh, Seven lost team. Two thousand three Oklahoma is that like was is that tony allen uh, no tony allen played oklahoma state what am i thinking of Sorry. um yeah i don't i don't remember anything about that team hollis price kevin Bookout. out now ringing a bell i mean i know who those people are but i don't remember this
1: love me some hollis price man love me some hollis price but there you go 2005 washington one seed 29 and six what is 2005 washington most remembered for
0: I'm just gonna to try to know the coaches. Lorenzo Romar.
1: <laughs> yes, Lorenzo Romar. E-
0: I don't know who played on that team. Nate Robinson. Yeah, I know Nate. Come on, I, I, Short King, fellow Short King. Yeah, I know Nate. How about that? Like, I have a yeah. memory of being at the Nike All American camp in Indianapolis. I love it. So,
1: <laughs> I mentioned 05 Washington, there's nothing. And then the, <laughs> I mentioned Nate Robinson and the vision's just come flooding back from yeah, it
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh we're at the hotel and i would taken my wife and we drove up and uh we t- i took my wife and my baby boy at the time who's now you know 19 years old um and i remember him and Nate play like Nate just came over and started playing with him he's probably like 2 and Nate came over and started i have a memory of Nate Robinson playing with my baby boy cuz they were the same size it's terrible <laughs> Brandon Roy was also on that. I was going to say Brandon Roy, but I didn't want to just blurt out the the best Washington player ever. If that's what
1: he is. Two more teams. Recent 2016 Oregon was a one seed, 31 and seven actually made the final four the next year as a three seed. 2016 Oregon. Is it Dylan Brooks? What springs to mind when you think 2016 Oregon? Dylan Brooks.
0: Coach K talking to Dylan Brooks.
1: That is Coach K talking to Dylan Brooks. That's correct. Yep. Tyler Dorsey, Chris Boucher on that team, Jordan Bell on that team. And then uh, we also mentioned this program. Uh, 2018 Xavier went 29 and six. Um, You know, the the thing with Xavier of that, it was the first time Xavier got a one seat. But anything you remember about that Xavier team from four years ago?
0: Was that Chris Mack's final year? It
1: was. It was what got
0: him the Louisville job. J.P. McCura,
1: Trayvon Blewett, who actually really, really liked that team, though, got swept by Providence, just okay Providence team, and uh, was non-competitive against Villanova that year, uh, but wound up getting the one seed. So those are the ones, those are the other ones. But uh, Florida's the answer in terms of like a really, really, really good team record-wise. And Florida like rated highly, it was like third or fourth in Ken Palm that year. That uh, that was largely forgettable. You said there was a second half to this question? What do we Yeah, got?
0: Eli, second question. Um, as mentioned, I'm a very loyal listener, he writes. And yet I don't always feel the love because I'm mm. one of them. Ah,
1: We don't we need to a agree, these, by the way. We got a couple notes in the in the mailbox about about them. Just to let
0: you know, he says the them listeners could use a shout out to feel appreciated too. Could we? Give, I'll shout out the them's. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not against the them's. Neither am I. I'm not against the them's. I just there's just more of us yeah. than there are of them. That's all I've ever said. Yeah. It, it was really the them's being against us is where this originated from. The them's yeah. were against us because we were.
1: They made it more hostile than it needed to be, but. You know when there's when there's pent up aggression, we can understand why they come. Yeah, the
0: them's the them's came for us. We were just saying, hey, we like premarital sex. We enjoyed it. You know, we enjoyed it. You should be safe about it, but we enjoyed it. And uh, then the them's they started coming for us, and I was like, hold up, them's, you're not going to make me feel bad. There's more of us than there are of you, and I still believe that to be true to this day.
1: Before I get to my next question, we do have Sonata has two video submissions because I did say you could send in a 10 to 15 second video. So I don't know what's coming. Nada, get re- get ready to cue these up. I, these better be 10 to 15 seconds. They better not be a Norlander or GP length kind of question here. But if you have them, let's hear the first one here. Um, GP, I have a question for you. Why do you hate Illinois? Um, I don't understand where that comes from. Uh, shout out to Terry Teagle. It's been a minute to give us some praise. Thank you, guys.
0: <laughs> i don't hate illinois but illinois fans are on me because where does that come from well because i don't have illinois in the top 25 and one and illinois fans think that's an egregious error.
1: and it might be <laughs> that was amazing hold on i gotta hear that one more time please nada do you have it can i hear that again <laughs> he just um gp i have a question for you why do you hate illinois um i don't
0: understand where that comes from uh, Shouts to Terry Teagle. It's been a minute to give us some praise. Thank you guys. It has been a minute for Terry Teagle, but you know he had his shot. He didn't. Terry Teagle did not show proper respect. Oh. Terry Teagle I'm did incredible. not. Show, he did not show proper respect. Makes me think he might be a them. Being honest, <laughs> that's incredible. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. He might be a them, Terry Teagle. We well, don't know. You can't say for sure. You genuinely know.
1: appreciate the video. That was just, I was not ready for it. I don't
0: hate Illinois. I love Illinois. I love Brad Underwood. Um, it. I just don't, I just didn't like, <laughs> I just didn't rank Illinois in the preseason top 25 and one. And, uh, and, and Illinois fans, at least some of them have, have made note of that. I'd be happy to be wrong. Cause if I'm wrong, that means Brad Underwood's having a great year. And I like Brad Underwood. That's
1: so good. All right. Now uh, let's hear the next one.
0: My mailbag question is,
1: about the Wisconsin Badgers, it's how do you think Chucky e. Heppard
0: and Jordan Davis will do, and how do you think the Badgers will perform? In my opinion, I think that they're underrated. Dead leg, they might be underrated. I do not have Wisconsin in the top 25 and one, but uh, wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if Wisconsin's good again. My only
1: request is that when you send in the videos, try not to replicate the ending of the Blair Witch Project. That's my only ask. I That's appreciate not my ask.
0: I like them like that. You do? <laughs> yes.
1: That's So the lower video quality, the better. Yes. Okay. So go lo-fi. Okay.
0: Like Bruce Pearl at the, at the NBA draft on his
1: phone. Oh my God. What a moment. <laughs> on the side of the road. Oh man. He sent me the, he, he sent me something that was so unintentionally funny over text messages that night. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, Bruce, are you on the like, Cause I, I wanted a quote from him because who got drafted high? Oh, who was that? Who got drafted high? GP, you send me down these roads here. That was 2020. I'm looking up right now, blanking on it because I wanted. To, I wanted to call oh, the little guard. The little guard. A <laughs> little Cooper? Cooper, is that right? No, was it? Uh, wasn't it uh, Okoro? Didn't Isaac Okoro go high? Isaac yeah. Okoro. Yeah. So anyway, and he was he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, there's no hotel for BP tonight. I don't know. He said it was just it was hilarious. Um, Chucky Hepburn? That's the question. Tyler Wall. Uh, Wisconsin, listen, Badger fans, you're going through it right now because you just fired a coach on the football side. Who I do, I wasn't aware of this. I'm not in lockstep with what's happening on the gridiron there up in Madison. I am, but apparently it won more than seventy percent of his games, and you fired him on October third, which is just insane. And I saw today, it was the first time that I think uh, Big Cat tweeted this on Twitter. It was the first time that Wisconsin had fired a football or men's basketball coach. Since Stan Van Gundy in the mid 90s, Stan Van Gundy, GP, how many times he been fired? That's a great question. I don't have the answer to that. Um, As for your basketball team, in all seriousness, it will be interesting to see what Wisconsin is this season because you lost a lot like Johnny Davis doing what he did a year ago and elevating your program to national relevance and prominence for the entirety. Like Johnny Davis was a story by week two of last season and you were constantly there. Um, I don't think Wisconsin will be a team that comfortably gets like a single digit seed in the tournament. I wouldn't count them out of making the tournament, but I think I speak for GP when I say you didn't even consider them for your preseason rankings there. No, and
0: and, and for whatever it's worth, at BartTorvik.com, I only bring that up because it's like the the main computer rankings that are already out there for next season. Um, They're they're projected as the ninth best team in the Big Ten, 66th, I believe, at BartTorvik.com. So based on nothing more than those numbers, Wisconsin will maybe, probably have to overachieve to make the NCAA turn.
1: Man, that Illinois question was just incredible. All right, my next one here it gets uh, gets written, in. I like the creativity of this question. This is a good job here. I love the show, long-time listener. In addition to being a huge college basketball fan, I'm also a zoo blogger. My family and I have been to 66 zoos across the country, primarily the Midwest. So below, I've listed our, I've listed our rankings of the top 10 zoos we've visited. My question is, if you could go to one city of the 10 listed below and do a zoo college basketball game combo in a weekend for the upcoming season which city would you choose here are the 10 in order omaha so you got creighton columbus ohio state kansas city which is the kansas city ruse st louis the billikens fort worth texas tcu cincinnati is six you can get xavier or cincinnati with the cincinnati zoo in there indianapolis as butler memphis Get the tigers, and you got the have, Memphis Zoo. We have, a, we have a great zoo. Okay, we we'll get to, I'm, I, I'm, I was going to queue you up on that in the final tour. Apple Valley, Minnesota. You get the Golden Gophers, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You get the Pitt Panthers and the Pittsburgh Zoo and Aquarium. I've got thoughts on his zoo rankings, but go ahead and uh, well, one, tell me a little. Tell me your answer. Tell me a little bit about the Memphis Zoo, and then tell me the last time you were at a zoo.
0: Well, it would have been at the Memphis Zoo, and it would have been this summer. Yeah, we're, we, we're like we're like zoo members. We go to the zoo all the time. Ditto. Ditto. We're yeah. zoo like, if you got kids, you got to be zoo members. I,
1: it's a way of life there. What so, what,
0: but, what membership do you have? What zoo do you go to?
1: Well, here's my thing on this. i right, I'm gonna get into this right now here. Listen, I really, really appreciate I appreciate this question. This was a this was a great question. This is Ben Lowe from Aurora, Illinois, by the way. Shouts to the Ben. You ever been to
0: Aurora GP? You ever been to Aurora, Illinois? Uh I've been to lots of places in Illinois. Maybe not Aurora. Maybe here's not my Aurora. thing. This now he granted,
1: he's based in the Midwest, but he's got a zoo ranking. And this is us.com forward slash zoo rankings. 59 zoos on this thing. You know what's not on this list?
0: Mm. Bronx and San Diego.
1: Are there two well, more th- well-known zoos than Bronx and San well, Diego?
0: That's okay, so I've been to the Bronx Zoo. And when I first started thinking of you can see a good team and go to a great zoo, San Diego is what popped into my head. Because I have not been to the San Diego Zoo. But everybody says it's amazing, right?
1: I think that's number one up there. I've been.
0: Is to- the San Diego Zoo just amazing because at the zoo, by definition, you're outside, and the weather in San Diego is amazing, so you're just like, oh, this is an amazing zoo. Is it really a great zoo, or is it just, is it just in San Diego?
1: That's a great question. I have not been, so I'm not sure. I will say this: before having kids, I knew I was going to have to like do the zoo, do the zoo thing and I thought all right it'll just be another parent thing. I actually genuine I went I I went literally Friday night to the zoo. Now they did a whole like light up the night and uh they had you know a- you know animals lit up and all this kind of stuff and and decorations for October and all that kind of stuff. So it was real cool. Shout's to the Beardsley Zoo in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It's a small little zoo but it certainly gets the job done there and then we do the Bronx Zoo as well. So the two biggest ones I I'm just saying if you're going to do a, a list of zoos San Diego and the Bronx, you got to get out there. You got to get to the opposite coast to rank them appropriately. Having said that, my answer is clearly number one on the list. I can't even speak to the quality of Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo. No, I've never been to a Creighton game. I've never been to Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm up for a good zoo. So to me, as someone who's not even been to see a Creighton home game, number one on his list is my number one pick
0: Yeah, based on his zoo rankings, uh, Ben's zoo rankings. I would say Omaha's the right answer, right? He, he calls it the best zoo that he's been to and Creighton's a, you know, borderline top 10 team in the preseason and Creighton games are awesome.
1: I I, I agree. This was a g- creative question, but the answer is overwhelmingly obvious.
0: All right. Next question. GP, can you reach out and get an interview with Brandon Davies? Hashtag more of us. This comes from Christopher. Um, I doubt it, actually. Or maybe I could. I don't know. Would Brandy's, I don't know that Brandon Davies would like us. We're we we are. If, if we're being honest, we're quite, we're kind of having fun with one of the down points of his life.
1: Have you thought about? Yeah, I mean, should we continue that? That's the yes, thing. yes, yes, yes. We should. Life, Yes, of course.
0: His life has worked out fine, by the way. Oh, uh,
1: that's the—that's uh, my question for you, because I didn't look this up. Because I wondered if you would. I don't know what he's up to. Like, did you do a check in on Brandon Davies? Of
0: course I did. I know everything he's up to. Okay, what's going on? He's thirty-one years old now. Boy, time flies when you're having premarital sex. Oh, <laughs> it, it really does. It really does Fly. He just won back-to-back Spanish Cups. He's had a nice career overseas, playing for Olympia Milano. He married Lindsay Quist. And they have a daughter and, and, and uh two sons. Okay. So, somebody, to Brandon Davies. Somebody's. i not going any deeper into this conversation. Somebody's been doing it. Somebody's been doing it. Sounds like to me.
1: So you're saying no, Brandon Davies. I do think that we will, we should, and will eventually get a Devin Downey thing on the show. I think that has to happen, Brandon. Da- In all seriousness, like, yeah. What if Brandon we got Davies- Brandon Davies
0: on here and we were like, all right. Walk us through it.
1: Oh, my God. I, I, walk us through. I'm walking out. I'm out. I'm gone.
0: Walk us through it. Tell us. Tell us.
1: I'm out if that happens. Okay. Tell us about
0: the night. Tell us about how you got caught. <laughs> tell us about how
1: weird it was to get kicked there out of school. might legitimately be like kind of a wild story behind that. I don't need to know it, though.
0: Oh, I remember rumors from back then about why he got caught and, and, and the dynamics of the entire situation. There were certainly... There were certainly some. I should probably just stop talking right let's now. Just, let's just keep it rolling
1: here. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the question. Uh, I don't know of Brandon Davies. If a Brandon Davies interview. It, it does, you know, the bit maybe serves itself better. Uh, which, by the way, it's only if you're curious as to why this is a thing. Uh, the only reason why Brandon Davies gets a shout out on these episodes, I know, I know. Do you, you realize what it is?
0: Because we want people to smash the like no, button, like the Brandon when Davies.
1: We, when we became the first college sports podcast to ever go to video a year right. ago. We were that's the right. first one. Yep. We got asked to make sure to tell people to uh, hit the like button or smash the like button. And so we started saying smash the like button. And then you because you're you
0: like, what? who do I know someone that smashes? Oh, yeah. Brandon Davies. And like I know a lot of people who smash. I, yeah. I want to be clear about that. But my favorite person who smashes is Brandon Davies. All right. Because he smashed with the world, his whole world at stake. And he still well, he still wanted to smash. A couple more here and then we're getting that Who out. wants to smash that badly? To You could blow up your whole life. You can smash. Your, you know what? In fact, lots of people <laughs> blow up their whole lives over smashing. Brandon Davies was not the first. He won't be the last. Got an
1: email here from North, the Northwest Territories of Canada. We are global. You ever been to the Northwest Territories, GP? Uh, no, I haven't. I should get up there sometime, though. Capital of Northwest Territories. I love this. Yellow Knife. Yellow Knife. Yellow Knife in the Northwest Territories. Here's the question. My name is Ira Simone Morin from Northwest Territories Canada. I love your show and have been listening since the summer of 2021. My question is, if Canada were to have an all-Canadian Division One team, how do you think they would fare? Now, he offered up five. They finished
0: second to mm. Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun is what I think
1: destroy it would win the a son here here so he offers up marcus carr ryan Nemhard, emmanuel miller miller from tcu quincy garrier who's now at oregon formerly at syracuse and zach Edie. i got a few more names here now let's say that all these players are healthy from canada played on the canadian national team youth national team previously fardas amac now at texas tech got emmanuel acott super senior gonna play at western kentucky was committed to memphis gp right
0: yeah that fell through
1: that fell through. Uh Jalen Llewellyn, top one a prospect. Now gonna play as a grad transfer up at Michigan. Uh Charles Bediaco at Alabama. And then Elijah Fisher is a top fifty prospect this season. This is gonna be a freshman this season. He's gonna play at Texas Tech. You give me that roster. Carr Nemhard and Miller, Gary A Edie, AMAC, ACOT, Llewellyn, Bediaco, Elijah Fisher. At full health, that's a top five team in the country. Now it's just you know representing an entire country on Canada. But I thought it was a, it was an interesting question. There have been plenty of really good Canadian players come through the pipeline over the past decade or so. Uh, no, there is not an Andrew Wiggins in college basketball this season, or even someone like uh, RJ Barrett, right? But uh, but a pretty good a pretty good Dylan
0: Brooks Brandon yeah. Clark.
1: A lot, a, lot yeah, a lot of good players. A lot of good players. Agree, top five team in the country with that roster.
0: Second to Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun. You're next. What do you got? Appreciate the shout out to all the cyclists. I catch the pot either on my daily rides or behind my desk at work. My main question is for GP. Why do you have my Boilermakers in the top 25 and one with all issues they had on defense last season and the glaring lack of a true point guard on the roster currently? I just don't see how they're a top 25 team. Do you expect large jumps in production from Gillis Newman? And first, do you think freshman blah, 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 blah. Here's where he finishes the message. Or do or are you just betting on Matt Painter's consistency and being uh, on the better half of a murky Big Ten? That's what it is. I don't even know. Uh, I I don't know that there's a clear cut favorite in the Big Ten. Although I have identified Indiana as that. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth: Purdue has finished top twenty five at Ken Palm in seven straight seasons. Like I just believe in Matt Painter. Like like, what if I told you this guy is I don't, I, I don't know what his roster looks like, but every year he finishes in the top twenty five. Can we just assume he's probably going to do it again, considering he does it every year? I mean, it might be wrong. There are 28 preseason at BartTorvik.com, but I think this is where Illinois fans, to circle back to a previous question, they would say, hey, uh, we're clearly better on paper than Purdue. And they might be, but I just like when I start doing the top 25 and one, there are some programs that I just know I'm going to put in there no matter what. And Purdue is one of them because of Matt.
1: Yeah, I like the twist on this. this. This is a fan being like, why are you ranking my team? <laughs> What's he <laughs> doing? What are you doing? How about uh, this?
0: If you take that roster, call it something other than Purdue and give them another coach besides Matt Painter, I don't even look at the roster. I don't even consider it. But it's <laughs> Purdue with Matt Painter. They're they're almost always good. I'm assumed, I'll, I'll assume they're going to be good until they're not. I will lean with you.
1: I, I think that Purdue has to be regarded uh, minimally top 30 and certainly have top 25 status. All right, last question here um got a couple things to hit on uh this is from jb from texas grammar special here mm. uh, he said what is the correct i this this actually bothers me and i think it might bother you gp so if that we can drives help me this- crazy. okay that's why i picked it because i figured you might appreciate this one um what is the correct usage of is versus are when referring to a team slash university he gives examples. Texas is going to be better next year. North Carolina. See, I don't even are. think
0: this part's confusing. Like everybody knows this is basic grammar. Well, right?
1: hold on. Here's why North Carolina are trending in the right direction. UCLA is lucky. Alabama are going to shoot a billion threes. The reason why I think part of this is starting to get confusing is because Americans who watch European soccer are now using that verbiage. And confusing the British plural with American English. So when you watch European soccer, soccer, it's Chelsea are at the top of the table. That's how they say it in England. In America, it would be Chelsea. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. Term, so. That's that's why I wanted to well, address this.
0: I, I listen, That's why we had to send templates. Don't even get me
1: on the proper way to spell favorite or how to pronounce aluminum. Okay. I hear you 100 on this, but he says. I've heard many versions of each both what's the rule you are looking at the singular versus plural when it comes to is versus are also they versus it
0: okay so that's for- the one that gets confusing for some people that's the one that i that like texas texas is going to be better next year north carolina yes. is trending in the right direction ucla is alabama is that's easy yeah. where the mix up happens there's there's two when the mascot or team name yes, is, I have the singular notes. correct. So, like the Crimson Tide is playing Arkansas this weekend, or is it the Crimson Tide are playing Arkansas this weekend? I think technically it's is, but that that's different than like if the Auburn Tigers,
1: I would go R in that. Yeah, know. Auburn
0: Tigers, the
1: Tigers no, are No, I would say the Crimson Tide are playing. They are the they are still the collective, but it gets tricky. I think again. AP style is
0: going to be Crimson is Tide is. I think if you go read a story that's AP yeah. compliant, you're going to see the Crimson Tide is instead of the Tigers are, the Eagles are, the Knights are I think you're going to find the Crimson Tide is. You might be correct about Just that. Just like the Car- Stanford Cardinal is. So the Stanford yeah,
1: the Cardinals, Cardinals, right? And that it's because that sounds singular. It's similar to if a player is a Heat or a Jazz, right? That's where it also gets tricky. Heat, Jazz, plurals that sound singular. Drive me up a wall here. So I, I, I hear you on that. I'm not going to be able to find this in the AP. Cell, the, 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 the
0: one, the one that gets confusing is um, you'll say North Carolina is playing at Duke. They are a four-point favorite. That's incorrect. Correct. It. It is a four-point favorite. North Carolina. If you address it next, with a, with a, with a it or a they, it's it. Correct. It. North Carolina is playing at Duke. It is a four-point favorite. Or, North Carolina is playing at Duke. The Tar Heels are a four-point favorite. They've won seven straight games. Hundred percent simple
1: way to remember this if you're t- just in terms of the schools if you're using the school collective singular it is it if you're using the moniker or the mascot it is a they okay but you'll if i hear uh, i hear it on games and when people talk about this stuff all the time and it's fine it's not the end of the world but i hear
0: yeah, i mean i slip up and do it they. sometimes when i'm just talking yeah, but when yeah. i'm writing i i, I make yes. sure it's correct
1: yeah. So that I, I listen, always appreciate uh, the grammar stuff. So Duquesne is on a six game winning streak. The Dukes are one of the five best teams in Philadelphia. Um, he also has one more thing on this. He said uh, um, He said, please change the name of the final four and one. There's only one final four every season, and there's nothing final about your final four and one. Call it the eye on four and one. Thanks. Shouts to the days when Devin Downey was shouted out on random tangents in the middle of each episode. So a couple notes on this. One, I'd forgotten that was a thing. When we actually used to shout out Devin Downey for no reason, in the middle—that's a great, great throwback shout. There, you don't even look at his eyes. He, you don't remember this at all, do you?
0: Yeah, because I would be talking about something, and then I would just lead myself to a Devin to to
1: or or we just be like, all right, shout out to Devin Downey, and we'd move on. That's a great throwback. I kind of am with him on the name of our of our pick segment here. So. Final four and one. We could. The reason why it's the final four and one is it's theoretically the final segment of that podcast episode. That's why. And GPS is the top 25 and one. So we're merging. We're blending here. But I am open to a creative but short and catchy new name for the pick segment once we get to the season. So I'm merely putting that out there for the listeners. Again, if you have thought, I'm not guaranteeing we're changing it. Shouts to CBS at gmail.com. If you want to think of a name that's better than Final Four and One, we can also GP picks four games and then I pick the N one. So there's also a reason for it. But if you have an idea, I'm certainly open to it.
0: All right, are we done here? Let's get out of here. But the, hey, this was good.
1: Man, yeah. I love him. I yeah. love, listen, love a mailbag episode. It just, it just changes up our rhythm a, a little bit here. I dig it.
0: Definitely changes up the rhythm.
1: We did get a question. Listen, there are a lot of questions we got that we couldn't get to here. Um, someone wanted us to know how Walker Kessler ended up as a member of, how he became a jazz. There you go. <laughs> uh, so we can't get into all these things, but um, but thank you for all the questions there. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 do more uh, soon enough here. We had someone ask us like Leaky Black, and you were wearing South Dakota gear. Why haven't I seen any? dodo bird stuff or camel fighting what if i told you i've actually seen some mock-ups of some camel fighting stuff it is coming just be patient it's coming
0: but yeah. and uh, like reading all the questions the and then we'll get out of here the thing i i enjoyed most is that uh, we live on social media so i don't have any concept of people who don't and yet there were a lot of questions from people saying hey thanks for uh opening up this avenue uh for me to you know get in touch with you guys because i you know i'm not going to tweet you i'm not going to facebook message you i'm not going to instagram message you like like i'm adam levine i'm just gonna Mm. uh i'm just gonna i I, but i can't email and so now we have a way to email you and so that was nice to hear from those people
1: it was it was wonderful um by the way we will have another episode I wish adam
0: levine would have you know
1: Uh, sent in a question
0: i thought i was getting out Thought I was I mean he's texting everybody else. I don't know why he can't send us a I question. do understand the reference.
1: I, I'm I'm aware that that what that was something of a that was a cultural talking point that did not evade my radar. So I do I do not know
0: it. why he can't if he with everybody else I don't know why he can't send us a message.
1: Yeah, Adam Levine, shouts to CBS at gmail.com. Come find us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we won't turn you in. <laughs> We're not trying to expose you. We just want a question from you. let me you.
1: see where Adam Levine's from. Hold on, real quick. Is,
0: where is, this this is Adam Levine from? I have
1: I couldn't even begin to get. I'm a, I'm gonna blindly say I brought up the page and look. I'll I'll blindly say he's from LA. What's your guess?
0: Yeah, I would think California. He seems California to me. But I mean, what
1: do I know? Boom! Look at that. Born '79 in Los Angeles. Blind luck there. So yeah, maybe oh, maybe hell, he
0: probably he probably he could have sent us in a Hami Hakia's question.
1: Exactly. He pro- I bet you Adam Levine recognizes Mick Cronin as the best coach in UCLA history. Adam, come on.
0: Let's go, let's go. look at Adam Levine's Instagram. I if he, maybe let's need see with That email, Adam. Let's go see if Adam Levine's following Tiger Campbell on Instagram.
1: Oh no! I just made. Uh. What if Tiger
0: Campbell was no, like no, no, Adam no. Levine has been sending me the most outrageous direct messages? I don't think <laughs> that would
1: be the person. That, if Adam Levine's a UCLA fan, we, yeah, what just, if
0: Adam Levine starts dating Amari Bailey's exactly, mom? That's, that, we're, done, we're done. We're done. What if? Um, what if Adam Levine and his wife split and by all accounts they're trying to work through this little scandal and I wish them luck you know they got kids and stuff I hope they I hope they if there's a way to work through it I hope they work through it I'm always rooting for families but if for whatever reason it doesn't go the right way and he becomes single and then he starts dating Amari Bailey's mom wouldn't that be a nice story it'd be a story she's thick son shout him out we got gonna get a Bellerman shout Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Huck, shouts to Larnell, shouts to Pedro Bradshaw. There are dozens of us. Dozens! If you're not subscribed to podcasts, please go subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast, anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Sp- uh, Podcasts and Spotify. Over at Apple, five stars, nice review. Make sure the people know, there's still more of us than there are of them. We respect the thems. We respect the thems. Always. Always. Never, never, never not respected the thems. Just defended ourselves against the thems, if we're being honest. That's how they say. we just defending ourselves against the thems. You got it all backwards sometimes. The thems, the thems came for our throats. And then we just had to remind them. There are more of us than there are of them. Be careful about who you get into a war with. You don't want to go to war with the usses <laughs> or the Zelenskys, sounds like. You know? Yeah.
1: I think I think the Zelenskys are are one of us. Yeah.
0: I guarantee you. You you think President Zelensky saved himself from marriage? No chance.
1: Yeah,
0: we are done. (laughs) We'll talk to you again real soon. (laughs) Bye.